Welcome back to Cocktails and Classics. This week we watched Halloween, the 1978 film by John Carpenter. And this week I have myself, your host, Dylan, Cameron, Zach, Hi. and Ben. And the ghost of Michael Myers. I will uh, take us right into the cocktail uh, this week. Uh, in honor, uh, <laughs> so how we got here? Why what, is this drink? Why hold on? Why did we have this drink? <laughs> so yeah, uh, legit question. From a, from a food I mean, and I'm wine. I'm not mad about it, but I am curious. From a food and wine article I was reading, uh, they uh, they said uh, drink like your Halloween alter ego, and so they have uh, on here. <laughs> Uh, between the colorless William Shatner mask and the the name that gets confused with the Canadian comedian Mike Myers, <laughs> the the murderer in this scary. film should be a Canadian. So that's why we're at the Maple Bourbon Smash, a maple syrup old fashioned spinoff. That's generous. <laughs> I mean, I like this, but I wouldn't compare it to an old fashioned. And I was just, it's got too much I, stuff I saw in it. it. Yeah. I saw it. Zach, Zach has that maple syrup bourbon boner. Yeah, so no, I, I love it. Go for it. It's it. just, I wouldn't call it an old yeah. fashioned, but it is delicious. Yeah, it's I, really good. It, like, it's very yeah. far from a full that uh, an old yeah. fashioned. I will say, the ingredients for this one, you're gonna need some maple syrup, some orange juice, lemon juice, some Angostura bitters, and some bourbon, and then some seltzer or soda water. Um. I like it. It's a lot yeah. like the other maple uh, syrup and bourbon drinks we've had with a little little twist. I think Some it's a little lighter than orange twist. the previous ones. Yeah, um, with the seltzer too, it, it you know, you yeah. get a little fizz. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, this weekend I got a bourbon that is aged, the last aging process in it, it's maged in maple syrup barrels. And it's also 112 proof. So Ooh. I put that in this. Uh, to give it a go. And I will say it makes, it actually is like, surprisingly, it doesn't taste like I'm drinking 56% alcohol, which I consider a win. Uh, which <laughs> So I really like this one. This is good. I think the flavors blended well with the whiskey I used uh, in particular. Um, and like I said, it's actually pretty light with the, uh, with the addition of the like spritz. Yeah, I was a little worried when the orange juice came in. I was like, is it going to just completely overpower this? But it, Not it doesn't. It, you kind of taste it in there, but it also it kind of complements the bourbon a little bit. So I, I, yeah. I, I like it. It's well mixed. And you don't have to do the orange if you don't want to. I didn't. Um, I didn't like smash it in because I didn't have an orange laying around. Uh, I did put in like one like light dash of orange bitters, which maybe helped that. But uh, that was the only modification I made. I think if there's one thing we've learned in a little <laughs> over six months of cocktails and classics, bourbon and maple syrup. There's your it's answer. Good combo. There's it's your the answer to life's questions. I mean, what's bourbon meaning, is kind of like what's the meaning of life? Like molasses type thing. Bourbon and maple syrup. Like that's kind of a comparison. It's often made as like a molasses flavor. So that seems to go pretty well with syrup yeah and i and i think the bourbon barrels have to be charred i believe so then that like you kind of get that smoky-esque like charred. also it has to legally it has to be from bourbon kentucky in order to be called bourbon (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm making fun of like that's not how that works yeah no i'm just kidding anyone can make bourbon i'm just making fun of uh bougie french like wines liquors that kind of stuff like a like a bdx like a Bordeaux or a Champagne or, you know, whatever. A Chantilly. I like I like my liquors accessible, you know? Yes. Just like Pop-Off Vodka. You can get that in everywhere. You know, okay, <laughs> let me revise my previous statement. <laughs> I will never advocate for, Pop, for Pop-Off, the Sailor Man, because, you know, that shit gross. Toot toot! <laughs> If you make a maple bourbon smash, send us a picture on Instagram or post it and tag us 
at Cocktails and Classics Pod or use the hashtag Cocktails and Classics. We'd love to see what you make and hear your thoughts on how it turns out. Uh, and if you haven't seen the movie, we are going to talk about it. We're going to spoil it. So pause, watch it, come back, and we're going to talk about Halloween. Uh, Halloween is a 1978 film uh, directed, written, scored by John Carpenter, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. I'm a huge stan, so forewarning you there. Uh, it stars, I don't know if I would say stars Donald Pleasance, but he is in the film. <laughs> I mean... More so stars Jamie Lee Curtis. He was the okay. big name at the time. Yes. Yeah, he was the marquee name. Yeah. Stars uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Tony Morin, Donald Pleasance, uh, Nancy Keys. Story of Michael Myers, who, as a small child, kills his sister, Judith. And this is 15 years later. He escapes from a mental institution on Halloween, well, Halloween Eve. Hallow's Eve. And then Halloween night, he returns back to Haddonfield, Illinois, and kills again. Just becomes obsessed with that that girl and that kid that looked into his house for some reason. I think she was selling it for, she had to drop off keys yeah. to sell it for her dad. Yeah, her dad was a realtor. But that's like, that was like the, the whole thing was like, she looked in the house. It's like the whole coincidence. Mike chose her. Well, I think he reminded her of his sister and the boy of him, probably. If I had to if I had to uh, make a guess. I don't know how See, deep you guys want to get into the Halloween lore. Or uh, which <laughs> which track do you want to go down because the backstory has changed a little bit over time. I was gonna say which way. Cause it changes every every two movies. They decide to throw a new wrinkle that's something different. If we're talking about the original five, there's like a uh, family relationship thing between them. Yeah, she's she's like actually related to Michael. Yeah, that's stupid. But I think but one that of the... is like never told within. Yeah. You find out in like Halloween two, four. Uh, yeah, no, stupid. I think you find out in Halloween two. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's at the like literally towards the end of the second one that you okay. find out. Um. And it's like literally one of the last things you find out. Uh, I will say what's interesting, though, is without getting into Halloween, you know, any of the numerous sequels is the fact that he's focused on this girl and this kid. Even if you don't get into the psychological reasons of it, it's just one of those things that's kind of also haunting is like he just sets his sights on this and goes like that's. He, he picks a target and that's it he's determined well for most of the movie like nothing really happens he's just a fucking creep and yeah. he's like driving <laughs> yeah. around town stalking them s- sitting behind the clothesline you know or sitting behind a bush and you're just kind of like Ugh. and you hear breathing oh my god oh. the breathing is so uncomfortable yeah <sighs> put that in which i love that it's like they didn't make it clean. They made it sound like it's breathing through a sh- shitty rubber Halloween mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say the uh, movie has a 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb at the moment and is widely regarded as one of the like original slasher movies um, that gave way to any number of freaking... well. All the sequels, obviously, but inspired many a movie after this. One of the reasons this inspired so many, too, is the fact that the money they made versus the money spent to make this movie was insane. Like, they had, they paid uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, what was it, like $25,000? That was, like, all they paid her to be in this movie or something. And the it movie, was eight. It was eight? yeah okay maybe it was someone else that got offered more money but like yeah they maybe that lead guy they paid their (laughs) their who is their star actress eight thousand dollars and this movie made a ton of money yeah for little to no budget and other studios other studios then saw that this independent film did it went hey we could give someone little to no money and make a bunch of it at halloween time and that spawned just literally what became the horror genre of the 80s. Slashers. Oh, and, it is how we invented it, capitalism. 
and the late 2000s. Uh, I've personally worked on some of those, you know. <laughs> We're talking about commercial successes. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. There you go. Uh, I have not worked on any of those. <laughs> I mean, it's it's easy to look at movies like this. I think Paranormal Activity had a bigger budget. Blair Witch, where it's like, we don't have to spend... Uh, even a million bucks and we're going to make hundreds of millions. <laughs> like, well, look at Friday the 13th, for example. I don't know if that's on our list. Um, but there's, I don't even think there's a big name star in that movie. No, it's, no. it's literally, they paid a bunch of no name actors. They rented out the camp as a set. Like go diddle and, each other for a bit. And, and shot the movie with, no budget next to nothing and then those those movies you release them at halloween and people flock to go see them yeah people like getting scared for some reason this movie isn't even scary that's why tyler oh, yeah, perry's right. medea's scary halloween <laughs> made bank <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there i don't think this movie's scary at all cam's, if you're above the age of like 13 cam's one of those dude bros that like it's so uncool to be scared by a movie no 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 you miss you miss under like when you're wa- when i'm watching a movie like get have out have you seen halloween three season uh, of the witch us that movie's fucking horrifying um that they made it's unrelated to any of the other halloween movies it's, but it's horrifying it's that just that not, movie was made <laughs> it's just not my like thing but when i'm watching movies like you know like i've said like us uh get out um I don't know. Cameron only uh, names Jordan Peele Jordan movies. Peele movies. Complains that all no. other horror movies are bad. <laughs> I'm not saying all horror movies are bad. I'm saying this movie in particular, I don't think is scary. But no, I mean, maybe it is that it's like old, uh, like kind of campy, really cheesy, like that just kind of like took me out of it. But I just didn't think it was like remotely scary at all. Yeah, I don't know. Slashers I just, hit just hardest me. when you're a kid. Right. I don't think this movie's that scary if you're above the age of like 12 big dick cam out here okay maybe 14 i don't know i'm just saying that like did you watch i can't imagine being like if i was a kid or like maybe a young teenager i could imagine being scared of this movie but i don't know i think the uh one of the most uh, like iconic things to actually come out of this movie is is the halloween theme oh yeah as soon as you hear that you know what what it is you know where where you are illinois you're in haddonfield with that like classic John Carpenter like synth score with like the like piano like dinking away, which is crazy that like he just basically sat down and was I'm pretty sure that he was just fiddling around and liked the sound of like the the piano noise, and then built the rest of the theme around it. Just that do 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 do. Like just just to play that on a piano and then score a movie. It's also bullshit that you can be that talented. Fucking write, <laughs> write, direct, and then also just be like, you know what? I'm also gonna make the music too because you know I can. Fuck yeah. you. <laughs> he doesn't even make movies anymore now. All he does is music. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sad yeah. because half his... of his movies just bombed, but yeah, you know, the other half were it good. It do be like that. Cam, you already gave us like a, an initial, like you weren't scared. Uh, do you have any more thoughts into the film and uh, like a first impression after watching it? Horror movies aren't really my thing. I don't know. That's just my takeaway, I think. I, I've already known that and maybe some other ones will change my mind. Like maybe when we watch The Thing, uh, which weirdly enough is cameoed in this movie before it was made into a movie. So that's kind of weird. Um, but It's the original. It's the, the original. Oh, gotcha. Um, John Carpenter going back in time. Back in time. Well, I thought, I don't know. I thought maybe like it was a reference and then he was like, I want to make that movie. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I just, in my opinion, it's just kind of like a cheesy horror flick. It's not that good. I mean, it's fine. Like it's, it's fine as a Halloween type movie. If you're just looking to watch one Um, and it, Obviously inspired a lot of other movies, media, uh, content, but as far as like on its own, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed, to be honest. I was going to say, I always just find this movie more suspenseful than scary. Yeah. I just don't even, like, you know what's going to happen. I don't know. I feel like there's no surprises either. Like, everybody dies, except for the main character. 
basically. Oh, man. It's almost like you knew that happened because so many movies did that after this one. I mean, no. I don't know. Like... I mean, yes. Sure. There are other, there are also <laughs> other movies before this queen. one in which every character except for the main character dies. I mean, it's not like, I don't know. I have to judge it by today's standards. I can't go back in 1978 and like watch it with fresh eyes. You could. Just like how John Carpenter went back in time and put the thing inside of Halloween. <laughs> that's not <laughs> what I was implying happened, but that's fine too. <laughs> was there any memorable uh, quotes? from the film that uh stuck out to you guys zach i already know what you're gonna say so say but there's like the see anything you like is like an iconic quote from this movie (laughs) oh is it not i'm Uh, sorry i thought it was (laughs) it's like see anything you like uh, just standing there talking to michael myers i wrote down the um there's the scene when uh the three girls are all talking and they're like yeah the only reason she babysits is for a place to shit no i have a place for that (laughs) And then uh, Michael's like speeds by in that car, and they're like, "Hey, jerk, speed kills." There was there is a lot of foreshadowing in this movie, which is really interesting. Not only just in dialogue, but even in like subtleties. Um, like for example, uh, in what's the main character's name? In Jamie Lee Curtis's character, whatever, Lori, 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 Lori. I don't remember the exact name of the artist, but in her room, there is a picture of an artist in the background with the name clearly displayed. And if you look up that artist, this dude makes really creepy paintings. One of them is literally him with a bunch of masks, like a self portrait of him with like a bunch of masks floating around him, basically. So there's that. Uh, I have to look, let me look up the actual name so I can get it right. I think, uh, is it the sheriff? Um, I think the most like memorable, quote from this movie and i think it's also probably like the one most people remember is it's halloween everyone's entitled to one good scare was that like the tagline i feel like that should have been the tagline for this movie uh the one on the poster is like the night he came home but that's i don't know that's just what i would have gone with i mean uh loomis isn't in the movie for very much but he definitely steps in to deliver some real spooky dialogue oh yeah okay so the artist I'm referring to is James Ensor. He was, uh, there's actually apparently an a, a Reddit thread about this on movie details from two years ago. But if you look up James Ensor, there's basically paintings of like really creepy. And then, like I said, at least one of them is in like these really disfigured masks around him. So there's that. There's also obvious ones like when people say, oh, I'm going to be mauled by like the dog. Uh, speed kills. Um, or I, the one subtle one I appreciated, um, was when they were in the car and they were listening to, uh, don't fear the reaper by blue oyster cult. I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, another one that Loomis has is the, uh, he like gets, gets like spooked and he pulls out the, uh, the revolver. He's like, oh, you must think of me as a sinister doctor. And then he like, like realizes that he's with the sheriff and he's like oh wait i i do have a permit for that <laughs> he like pulls it out to show him another one he's talking to the to the doctor and uh he's trying to get him to search around the doctor's like you know or the or the the cop's like you know doctor i think you're just kind of scared and he's like oh yeah yeah i am i just like when he's like loomis is talking with the that other the other guy from the the whatever psychiatric hospital and he's like what, it's going to take more than a little fancy talk to keep me up all night. And he's like, I watched him for 15 years. I watched him just sitting, staring at a wall, waiting. like Not looking at the wall, but looking through the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can ignore it or you can help me stop it. Yeah, you're we telling definitely me definitely should have done beer for the, the cocktail. Yeah. Uh, because a good amount of sense. beer. Some pull tab beers. I can't think of what's her name. Uh, is it Annie? No, not Annie. Um, Linda Linda yeah Linda she's like give me a beer where's my beer beer mm-hmm. beer okay <laughs> well you got my this beer the Midwest but calm yourself I will say I don't like how um, I mean again this is supposed to be a slasher movie so it's not supposed to be too in depth uh, so maybe I'm reading into it too much but in this movie at least like I don't think I don't know 
To me, it feels like the character is not very, like, it's not interesting. The character, Michael Myers, is not an interesting character to me. Because they're just like, he's pure evil. Which is, like, such an uninteresting motivation for me. It's like, okay, he's just, like, the essence of evil. Fine, whatever. Like, And, like, I get you could analyze it, but it just seems to me like nobody... His doctor is just like, I just want to hunt this dude down and kill him. He's he's pure evil. I have no interest in anything else. I mean, that's also kind of like, that was the thing in like the 70s and the 80s. Because like, if you think of, I mean, I don't think you've seen them, but if you think of like Jason Voorhees or Freddy Krueger, they're the same thing. They're right. like yeah. undying, like monsters. They're pure evil. And also... At that point in time in America, like, you had all these, like, cult scares and every, like, basically the rise of, like, this, like, religious uh, movement in America. And people were, like, really just afraid of, like, evil in in the world. I think the other thing was the fact that it, it was supposed to make it more, it was it was scarier the fact that there was no reason behind what he was doing. He was just killing to kill for no, yeah. there was no motive. It It's one of those things where if there's a motive to it, then you lose, part of the audience no longer finds it scary. Yeah, to me watching this. If his motive is only to kill certain people, then I don't really give a shit anymore. But if he's killing everybody for no fucking reason, then, oh, oh shit, okay, then... This just got a lot more real. Exactly. That was one of the things that always put Michael Myers scarier than Freddy Krueger to me. Is because I could make the justification that my parents never knew Freddy Krueger, so it was no big deal. I was good. But um, <laughs> Michael Myers was just out there slinging a blade, and uh, he could just show up in my town, and that would be creepy. Yeah, that was That's me true. with Jason. If I just never went to summer camp, I was safe. Yeah. But like Michael Myers, nah, he could just show up at any time for any reason because why not? Well, Jason does go to New York. <laughs> Shut up. And Jason goes to New York. <laughs> I never saw space. that one. Yeah. I... <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, the Friday the 13th movies and really the, the tail end of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies got um, rough. Real rough. Halloween... Halloween it, did too. Halloween one, <laughs> yeah. Halloween one is good. Halloween two, I think, is pretty good. Halloween two is really good because it literally it picks, it up, picks right up right where this right one after. leaves it's off. It's really the Rocky Balboa of, of the slasher genre. Uh, I think the worst. Let's be honest. The worst one is the one where it's the cult one with the little girl who like consents him. That one's the season just, of the witch, right? The fifth one. Oh, oh, oh! I know yeah. what you're talking about. Where like at the I end she's the in the clown one. costume and she has the scissors yeah, that's the and she's one. like taking over Michael. Yeah. Yes. I mean, sorry, we're gonna spoil the entire Halloween that sounds series awful, forever. By the way, it it is, all of that sounds bad. awful. It's pretty bad. You said the fifth <laughs> one is the worst, but this is taking into account the common knowledge that Halloween three doesn't actually exist. Well, Halloween three has a huge cult following now. I will say, people are like accepting that it's like I think you have to be in a cult a thing to like it, and that it's. Here's the thing with Halloween 3 is I feel like if Halloween 3 would have actually been like Halloween 2 or if John Carpenter would have continued making it more of an anthology. So for Cameron, I don't know and anyone else who might not be aware. When John Carpenter first did Halloween, it was supposed to be an anthology series of every like movie was supposed to be a different story. They weren't all supposed to follow Michael Myers. They were going to be different like pretty much like telling a story around a campfire. Um, so that's why season of the witch became like kind of the test of doing a different story. And people were like, I came to see Michael Myers in Halloween and this is not that. And so it was like hated by everyone. And then they went right back to Halloween with Michael Myers for number four. Well, to explain Halloween three to you, Cam, the plot of the movie is that <laughs> there is a company that is making children's Halloween masks and the kids will put on the mask and then they like show this thing on the television while you're wearing the mask and it like basically rots you, you. And, and like kills you and like bugs will come out of you and shit. Yeah. It wasn't one where like a mask will awful. make you kill people too. Maybe I dude, I watched it like one time and I was like, I, Oh yeah. Halloween three. And then I'm like, what is this? Wait, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> Go back, go back, go back. Was there uh, iconic scenes for anyone? 
I mean, like, I don't know. A lot of the stabbing scenes, I guess, were iconic. Thought it was weird how he stabbed a dude and he just, like, kind of stayed up on the door <laughs> with no effort whatsoever. Like, <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, I think... Or the scene, like, near the end where he's trying to get at uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character the into, like, the, yeah, closet. the coat scene. Like, that one's also very... Yeah. I think Any Undertaker, oh, like, gets up behind... <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the scenes where it's just him like stalking like behind the clothesline or like she's looking in like she sees him and then she turns around and it's just a bush like a lot of those things where it's just like him kind of in passing that have gone on I just think those also became iconic because so many things have copied it yeah to use it or have have done it as like a an obvious reference or an obvious punchline how does Mike Myers know how to drive a car I, there are answers for that. That's the one thing that I feel like a lot of people question. <laughs> there are answers. In it was the, like, okay, what, I'm glad I'm not alone. The murders, this, so it's from like, the second he like attacks that woman, gets in the car, and drives off successfully, I was like, how the fuck does he know how to drive a car? I mean, it's not like it's a hard thing. I'm not saying like, it's hard, but like, can you imagine like the first time you've ever driven a car? Like, you're just like, okay, uh, this uh, like it takes a time to adjust and like. Yeah. become natural but the dude just like speeds off like he's pretty but he had forever he had a hundred miles to get used to it by the time yeah. he got to haddonfield i mean michael i'm surprised of, he didn't crash by then of crash into another vehicle but literally the doctor says to loomis haddonfield is yeah. 150 miles away so he had and then he says he can't even drive a car and then loomis says in a throwaway line always explained by a throwaway line he <laughs> was doing very well last night maybe someone around here gave him lessons i mean he's a man possessed he's Weird. he's clearly built different than most I didn't people catch that line though that's interesting um and he, he did and say that. and behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil behind that boy's eyes was a driver's manual <laughs> <laughs> Oh. This dude was playing uh, Grand Theft Auto at the uh, at the. <laughs> That's why the he committed asylum. all the murders. You've <laughs> explained it. Violent we we solved the murders. Solved it's it. actually video games. Wrap it up, everybody. We got it. Em. Is explained in Halloween H two O how he learned how to drive. H two O. Yep. That's uh that's one of the sequels, yes. Halloween H two O. It's H twenty. It's H twenty. It's H two O. It does come out as H two O. Yes. That is. That's weird. Um. Is that for me? With, I think one of the, the, one with one of the rhymes? scenes. Buster Rhymes. Yeah, I think he's uh, in it. Yeah, yeah. It's like some rapper. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's. I think it's Buster. Hey, you put some respect on Buster Rhymes' name. Yeah, he's not just that some one rapper. song that he did. Uh, the, the really fast one. Knows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every Buster Rhymes song. No, it's LL Cool J, you racist fucks. Oh, I thought it was Buster <laughs> Rhymes. No, it's Is not. It really? It's Buster Rhymes. I'm looking at the cast of Halloween H20. LL Cool J was on that ABC show. That's what you're thinking of. Buster Rhymes is known in the Halloween series as Freddy. Oh, he was in Resurrection. Whoops. Not H20. <laughs> yeah. Different movie. That was, that. I think that was the one where they like go to the Myers house and they put all the cameras up. And yeah, it's, like a, it's, it's supposed to be like That a, one was uh, bad. Reality <laughs> TV series. That yeah. one was And they're all living bad. in the house and then he shows up and rip. The uh, memorable scene, I think, for me is uh, when after he kills that guy and like hangs him up on the closet uh, that Cam was talking about, he comes back to uh, Linda, and uh, he's got that like sheet on him with the glasses on the outside. Yeah. Where's my beard? Just that like him standing in the doorway with the sheet on is uh, something that's always just like stuck out to me. That trickster Michael Myers dude loves to have <laughs> Such a good a time. What a what a rascal! He's just a teen pranking on Halloween. <laughs> was there was there an oh, oh shit moment? Murders. I, think I mean when, yes. When Loomis, but again, I didn't think it was very surprising. I guess the one thing I did think was surprising was how long he waited to kill a lot of the people. Like he kind of just watched them for like a really long time before actually killing them, which was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, I was gonna say, in terms of holy shit moments, is when Loomis like shoots him and he falls out the window, and you're like, "Oh, thank God, it's over!" And then you kind of go to the window and you look down and he's gone. Why won't he die? Because it's a movie. 
Oh, you have to wait till like Halloween, like six for that reason. Well, they kind of talk about it in four and five. What's the reason? I'm he's curious so, how they explain it. He's so evil that hell just sends him back. Isn't that one of them? It's a prophecy. Yeah, it's called Thorn. He's got a. He's got a. That's when you get the family relation. He's got to satisfy yeah. his his prophecy of killing Lori. Ah, uh, classic. So it's like Jason, because Jason goes to hell in one of the uh, Friday yeah. the Thirteenth, and then uh, comes after back. he goes to New- or before he goes to New York, or after yeah. he goes to New York. Uh <laughs> He goes to New York in the third one? I think... He, no, no, no. New York it's, is like seven that's, or something, dude. That, that's like franchise is stupid. So the, one that, stupid. the one that he comes back from hell is that the one where like... <laughs> the premise like, is so it's like a dumb. Weird, like, it's so dumb. brain and then like brainstem thing. Oh. Like, yeah. Jumps out of his body but, and like moves around. I thought that was yes. an alien, but yeah. They like literally no, like fucking destroy his body and then like he comes yeah. back. Yeah, he comes back as literally like a brain... A brain he gets hit by lightning like or something. Crawls around. It, it's weird. No, I'm saying when I, I was a that's... kid, I thought it was an alien. I was like, oh, Jason's an alien. I think New York, he gets struck by lightning or some shit, and then like comes yeah. back to life. This... I don't know. There is no logic once you get to like number nine in the series. Let's be honest. I mean, the yeah, logic Star is Wars. let's <laughs> let's put seventy five k into this movie because that's all we need to, and we're gonna make like twenty five thirty million out of it every okay. single Halloween. Yeah. You'd think the logic would just be to stop giving backstory, right? That's kind of what they did. <laughs> no one cares. Just get to the point where they kill people. That's I mean, that's, that's how Friday know, the 13th one The late ones one are kind of like that. It's like, hey, uh, so it's like the first 15 minutes of the food movie. We're just going to kill some random kid who's like strolling down the street. All right, we're about 25 minutes in. Somebody's having sex. We see some titties. There's a stalker. He's, titties, he's butcher knife. close. So All right. Know. 35 minutes in oh here's some more titties oh but those guys are dead now oh shit now 45 minutes in we actually see the guy and, and people have seen him so now we're scared so <laughs> but coming soon to a theater near you written by the guys from who brought you cocktails and classics <laughs> it is generic scary movie <laughs> now with more tits <laughs> now now with more titties and less details not because it's easier to write <laughs> but because we leave it up to your imagination so it's scarier <laughs> but also the whole want. but also the whole easier to write thing <laughs> we're gonna give you also, the good we're stuff lazy <laughs> but only the good stuff none of that filler shit it's gonna be like uh friday friday the 13th 3d Ooh. <laughs> 4d we could put the smell of vision in there <laughs> oh, no, I don't want that. That movie would Keep smell that. awful. <laughs> that movie would smell like a uh, teenage camp counselor uh, cabin. <laughs> I was going to say a gym bag, but it's it also like pretty similar. It would, awful. it would smell like Axe body spray. <laughs> Get it? It's funny on two levels because I, like yeah. the shitty body spray, but also Axe, axe murder. It's, it's yeah. my Axe. See what I did there. Boo. Uh, feel free boo. feel free to like us on twitter well <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed this episode <laughs> we're, done. Um, we're not even doing reviews now game over yeah we should just call it <laughs> so this week's podcast is brought to you by surfside sips they make high impact glass straws they're a family-owned company and and what's better than saving saving the turts, you know? The turts? <laughs> the turts. You know, I'm one of those people who hates using paper straws. Paper straws fucking Paper straws suck. suck. I love the worst what solution. they do. I love the, that we're, we're minimizing the use of plastic straws. I enjoy that. Paper straws suck ass. They suck. They're the worst possible solution because turns out, guess what? Paper and water don't fucking mix, okay? I don't know who came up with it, but it doesn't work. Even though even though they put coating on it to try and help, it doesn't work. It just gets soggy, and you end up throwing it away anyway, and that's just more waste. And so, But you know what doesn't get soggy? Glass. Yeah. Glass straws from Surfside Sips. And if you want to get some glass straws from Surfside Sips, you can use coupon code COCKTAILS AND CLASSICS, spelled out. That's COCKTAILS, A-N-D, CLASSICS, for 20% off your order. And if you're looking for a business to support during this time, seems like a good idea. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. 
ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. But essentially what it is, is every month you get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from their monthly selection. So Dylan and Zach, what are your experiences with Audible? So working from home nowadays, I recently used Audible to rip through one of my favorite book series. It's always great to go back and revisit some of your favorites. And since we've recently done From Russia with Love, you could, could check out some of Ian Fleming's books on Audible. Uh, they have Dan Stevens, Toby Stevens, uh, Damian Lewis, many great narrators read through Diamonds Are Forever, From Russia with Love, Live and Let Die. So maybe you want to get into the James Bond novels as well as the movies. To start your free 30-day trial, go to audibletrial.com slash cocktails and classics, all lowercase. Again, that's audible.com slash cocktails, A-N-D, classics. After your free trial is up, it costs $14.95 per month. However, there are no commitments, and if you can't decide what to listen to, that's okay. You can roll your credits over up to one year. This is about the time Zach takes over and gives us a little trivia quiz, so Zach, take it away. Thanks, guys. We will jump right into the first question. Very excited about this one. So in this film, this is the second time that Adam Sandler and Julie Bowen have starred together. The first time being which movie? A, Billy Madison... B, Happy Gilmore, or C, The Longest Yard. Wait, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That? Is this, this is, Hubie uh, Halloween? This is my Hubie Halloween trivia. My bad. <laughs> oh, shut up. I'm on the, I'm on the wrong. <laughs> God damn it. I was like, wrong fucking trivia. wait, Adam Sandler? What the fuck? Come uh, on. Uh, I knew it was going to. Do you guys know the answer? Hold on. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> it was Happy Gilmore. It's all right. I was going to say that. Come on. I was too, because wasn't she the, the reporter? Vanessa, yeah. Uh, no. So question number one, the stabbing sound effect was created by stabbing a large chef's knife into what object? A, a watermelon. Dylan's heart. B, a teddy bear. Or C, a pork shoulder. I feel like a teddy bear wouldn't make anything. I'm going to say a pork shoulder just because that sounds the most like close to, that that seems like it'd be the closest thing to flesh, stabbing flesh. So I'm going to say C. Is that from Uh, experience? I think. Yeah. (laughs) Got a lot of make. Got to make a lot of sound effects, you know. Yeah, Cam- Cam- and I just love artist. stabbing pork shoulders. It's a good hobby. It does seem like a good way to take out stress. Um, and with yeah. that, mm-hmm. I think in practice they took out their stress with a watermelon. Uh, I think they did a, a watermelon for the stabbing sound effects. I was gonna go with Dylan. I'm gonna say the watermelon. Um, really, Gallagher asked. They're just sitting there, <laughs> just mess, <laughs> stabbing the hell out of them. I think Wait, it was cheaper. It's a, it's a you could buy a shit effect? ton. Why are you smashing it with a mallet? <laughs> <laughs> I think you could just buy a shit ton more watermelons for cheap. And with how low this budget of the movie was, they just stabbed a bunch of watermelons. Uh, watermelon is the correct answer. Dang. So we've got Ben and Dylan tied at a point. Uh, question number two. According to the credits. Who is the music for Halloween performed by? Is it A, John Carpenter, B, Michael Myers, or C, the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra? (laughs) I don't know if my... According to the credits. I don't know if my college alma mater would allow me to say Bowling Green, uh, being, being somewhat of rivals. Uh, some of that maction, um, <laughs> that macnation. You know, let's go. I think I Tuesday night I football. I want to go back. for C on this because I feel like it'd just be a giant joke because it's literally just like one piano or whatever. So I'm gonna say C. Actually, I should have watched the credits. <laughs> it is the very last thing in the credits, by the uh, way. So if you it. stuck, you had to stick around to the very end. I'm gonna go with Michael Myers don't know why i just maybe it was a a may may at the end of the movie i'm gonna say it was the bowling green philharmonic orchestra but it's not bowling green ohio it's bowling green kentucky so the music was actually done by john carpenter 
and he put in there the Bowling Green Philharmonic Orchestra, sort of as a meme, kind of like Ben said, not the Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah, he's from Kentucky or something, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. I think he's actually from Bowling Green, Kentucky. What? Crazy. That crazy John Carpenter. He's such a crazy and kooky guy. Cool. So we've got Ben in the lead with two points. Cameron and Dylan are each tied with a point. So, question number three. Before finally deciding on the Captain Kirk mask, which of the following masks was not considered? A. Richard Nixon. B. Spock. Or C. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke would have been kind of fucking freaky. <laughs> Cam's like, you replaced Captain Kirk with Dick Van Dyke, and I gotta watch it with the lights on now. Yeah. <laughs> This movie went from zero to pissing my pants real quick. (laughs) (laughs) I think the mask is scary. I don't think, I think they did a good job with that part. Like, I think that, yeah, they, like the cheap Captain Kirk mask is fucking creepy. I'm going to say Nixon for my answer, by the way. I'm going to say B, Nixon. I feel like it's really way too close to like Watergate and stuff, and that would have really detracted from the movie. I was also going to say Nixon, but not for that reason. I think Nixon, even a blank Nixon mask would be way too recognizable to be Mm -hmm. like this figure that's supposed to just be what they call the shape. If it's obviously looking like Richard Nixon, it would very much like make it super obvious and take away from the blank stare. Well, now I want to pick a different answer. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I think that's the right answer, so I'm sticking to it, even if I lose. Um, I mean, I was also gonna say Nixon, but uh, just to play the game, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna say Dick Van Dyke. Well, sometimes you play the game and lose, and sometimes you play the game and you are rewarded. Uh, the answer was Dick Van Dyke. Both Rich- wow. a Richard Nixon mask and a Spock mask were in like decently heavy consideration as hmm. the Michael Myers mask. I knew the Nixon Spock would have been an awful choice. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew yeah. the Spock that would have been terrible. But I, the Spock one would have been so weird with like the pointy ears. I mean, yeah. they could have just trimmed the ears on it, but it also would have been a good like blank. Dick Van Dyke. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they even yeah. have a mask of Dick Van Dyke, which should have been a giveaway. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that Jimmy was Fallon probably masks. why. <laughs> I just feel like, yeah, the oh, I feel oh, like awesome, Nixon would awesome. have been awful. Like, you would have definitely been able to tell that it's Nixon. All right, so the tiebreaker. Uh, ben and Dylan are tied at two points, so I'll give it over to them. Closest without going over. What was Donald Pleasant's salary for the film? Oh. I would like the units to be... Um, rubles today's dollars in <laughs> oh you want another inflation question with no it, with no <laughs> no please god no this is season two there's no inflation questions in season two pass pa- pass <laughs> also uh deborah hill um definitely won out in this movie in terms of a payday um she worked for free and exchange got uh points uh, oh, great job there! Smart, smart well, move. Points are Always get never points. go for a percentage of profit though. Yeah, no, because Hollywood accounting is bullshit. Yep. No, go for they points. Fuck your ass there. Yup. Always go. Points. We've never made a profit. <laughs> oh wait, your billion dollar movies never made a profit? Okay, cool. <laughs> no, it's I. No, I pushed it off into future years, so I only had to pay seven hundred and fifty dollars to this actress this year. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Timely, but oof. <laughs> All right, Ben, oh, you got an answer? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, I think she made 28500 or Donald Pleasant, sorry, not the... Uh, she? $28,500. I put uh, $20,000. So the original budget of the movie was $300,000, and they had to up it to account for Donald Pleasant's salary. Final budget of the movie came out to $325,000. So Ben takes home a win. Uh, dang. Ben Ben did know he did have the $25,000 earlier. He did. That was just for Donald I Pleasance. It, I had it earlier, but I wasn't sure 
when we said it and I thought Zach said that was Donald Pleasance and then he said Jamie Lee Curtis only made eight and I was like, oh shit. So I was gonna put like twenty four nine nine nine, but I I figured I'd just go low at twenty. You guys gotta listen was, to the podcast. I gave it the answer. Which uh, yeah, I know. I was thinking it was the twenty five, but then I was like, well maybe he actually got paid a little bit more and that was it, it bit me in the ass. Damn it. I almost went almost went for the twofer. I am the Spooktober current champion. So we're at that point uh, of the episode where those of us who have seen it, we wrote down our ratings based off memory and nostalgia. And now I want to know if your ratings are changed or not. So season two, Cam goes first. Here's the thing. When we going into this, like part of the season, I kind of, I'm, I'm afraid of these movies, not because I'm fearful of them, but because I don't really like these this genre that much. Um, there are notable section, uh, uh, there are notable exceptions of recent movies I've seen, uh, especially if you, it was directed by Jordan Peele. <laughs> um, but but more so just because the only reason I saw like I don't know it's similar with like plays I think like I don't like musicals but if there's a play that's good that happens to me a musical i'll enjoy it but i don't like it for the sake of it being a musical so if there's a good horror movie if it's a good movie i'll like it but not because it's a horror movie because it's a good movie so i just didn't think this was that good of a movie like it was very cheesy it wasn't that scary um i wasn't like held in suspense that much to be honest and and maybe that's just because i i knew it was going to happen based on you know pop culture, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the movie basically met my expectation for what was going to happen most of the time. Um, which isn't just that entertaining of a movie to me. So I'm going to give it a five. I thought it was all right. If you like Halloween movies and you like, like, I don't know, older, maybe some campy or cheesy movie. Um, and you're just looking for something to watch on Halloween, give it a whirl. But I think if you're looking for like a good movie, in particular, I wouldn't really watch it. I'm a huge fan of horror. Uh, it's one of my favorite genres, honestly. I, I think it's really hard to do, much, much like comedy. I, I think it's hard to do well. Uh, I love John Carpenter. Love this movie. Um, I think I think I watch him most Halloweens. It just kind of like is one to set you in the mood. You got that like fall Midwestern town, and the small town just kind of like gets you get you jimmy's rustled um michael myers scared me a lot as a kid i i remember watching like halloween five or four or something just catching it on like amc's like 30 days of halloween or something and uh you know he's a scary dude uh as an adult i don't think these movies are necessarily scary um not necessarily creepy uh i do think they're really well done john carpenter's score is amazing the acting is what it is. I mean, it's inspired a lot, and it's not it's not like fantastic acting, but I do think this is like a great slasher and one that holds a special place in my heart. So going in, I gave it a nine, and I think I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, I I love this movie. I think this month in general is gonna be different for ranking movies because horror movies genuinely people that love them and rank them do not rank them based on like production value or like it's just not what horror movies are generally ranked on right i mean just even like reading reviews of the movie that like of the yeah. reviews i i read you know after re-watching it a lot of them you know it's not really talked about the acting or this or that or the other thing because it's not important to this type of genre so i guess yeah. with that no i agree i i can see where you're coming from there yeah. I mean, you have the people who watch these movies to, like, sometimes you want the character to, like, be a shithead, so, like, you, the sadistic people. So you don't feel as bad. bad. Yeah, when they die. Like, if it was somebody who was yeah. like, oh, my God, there's, like, a nun who's given all she's got to this small <laughs> child, then she, like, dies, and you just be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, that sucks. Man, she made, she made all the right decisions. She She managed to save the kid, but the killer's still, like, it still got her i don't even know how but it did now i just feel shitty about life that's what real life is for i don't want that in a movie 
I am not a horror movie person at all. I'm, I'm just not really a big fan. Um, this movie, growing up, the concept of Michael Myers terrified me, but I never really watched the movie. I actually didn't watch this movie until after I watched on AMC. They had like a documentary about the making of it. So watching it for the first time, like, wasn't like, you know, a super scary movie because it, the, I guess the curtain was already peeled back. Um, that being said, I really enjoy this. As, as a person who doesn't like horror, I find this movie to be a lot more like of a suspenseful type movie. And there's not a lot of the, there's not a lot, a lot of jump scares. Um, I like the fact that it's not just gory for the sake of being gory. Um, going into this, I'd given it a seven out of 10, uh, rewatching it. I just think, yes, is it kind of campy? Yes, but I think that's just because it's dated. You've seen probably also so many things that this movie did because it was the first. Uh, and that makes it really hard to rate movies like this after 40 years because you've seen it all done already and possibly done better. But yeah, the acting's not great, but I I still think it's a, it's a good movie. So I, I left it at a 7 out of 10. It's not a great movie. But it's definitely like, to me, it, it's one of those movies that you watch to get in the mood, like Dylan said, for Halloween. I'll start by saying horror is a genre that doesn't get bled into. Like there are rom-coms, which are blends between like a comedy and a drama. You can get things like that. But movies don't usually have a scary part and then go back to a love story. It's like, I think that that is like a, a huge defining factor, especially in the slasher kind of genre, even though it wasn't a genre when Halloween came out yet. Subgenre. Subgenre. I think that's one of the huge distinguishing factors, and it probably led to a bunch of low-budget horror. Which I, I, I think the like 95% of horror movies out there are like low-budget, kind of let's see if we can make a quick buck. But then there's other movies like Halloween that really do something like there there's some stuff that came out of this movie that's so iconic like the mask the song the teenagers fooling around and get killed that all this stuff was done like dozens and dozens of times after it's a movie that i've watched over and over again because i really enjoy it there is stuff that i don't think is great some of the acting isn't phenomenal and I do think some of the some of the scenes go on a little too long. Like there's some really awkward stares in the movie that I don't think we need. Maybe cut three, four seconds out of that. Um, but going into it, I gave this movie a 7 out of 10. And I'm going to leave it there. In terms of all-time great movies, it definitely defined a genre. In terms of horror movies, it's a must-watch. I think in terms of movies in general, it's a must-watch because it really represents what happened in this space for the next 30, 40 years. So if you enjoyed this, don't forget to rate and subscribe and check us out on Instagram at Cocktails and Classics Pod and use the hashtag Cocktails and Classics to send us your movie and drink recommendations. Share us with your friends. And as always, watch responsibly. <laughs>